0: Hello and welcome to the Ballot Box for Impact Magazine podcast. I'm Felix Hawes and I'm joined by a very keen politics student, Josh Wright.
1: Hello Felix. So I've come on today to talk to you, well, to ask you about the French
0: presidential election because I don't have the foggiest what's going on really. And I have a peculiar obsession with French politics despite not being French at all and despite being very poor at the French language as well. But hopefully I can answer your questions today. Yeah, so let's see if we can't
1: work out some stuff. So firstly, when is the French presidential
0: election and who's running? Okay, so the French presidential election is this Sunday, the first round. So I should okay. probably explain how it works. So do they have a different electoral system to the one in the UK? They do indeed. So first of all, of course, they have a president, which we don't have because we have the Queen. Right. Um, so there's a two round process. So first of all, A group of candidates that have to get 500 signatures from across 30 different departments or regions um, in France uh, to qualify run. So at the moment, there's 12 candidates. I'll get into them later. If no candidate gets above 50%, which none of them will, spoilers, but none of them (laughs) will, then the top two go to the next round, which I think is on the 24th of April. And then whoever wins there will become the president. Okay. So the first round is on Sunday. Now, a bit of context for France. It's very rare for a president to be re-elected. They they tend to be very hostile to the previous candidate. I mean, Francois Hollande, who was the president before Macron, who is the current president, his party is now polling about two percent. He was in, and they were in government five years ago. Wow, so quite a decline then. A huge decline. And Nicolas Sarkozy, who was the president for again only one term before Francois Hollande of the centre-right party, well, he's now been. Uh, He's under house arrest for uh campaign for Oh, dear. For so uh, there, there's a habit of French politics not being well-liked. But traditionally, there's the centre-left and the centre-right party. You've got the Socialists, which is the Labour Party equivalent, and yeah. the Republicans, which are the Conservative Party equivalent, sort of. They're more pro-EU than okay. the Conservative Party here. Uh, and traditionally speaking, they are the parties that tend to always go through to the second round. Last time in 2017, you had Macron, who's... The president. Uh, And what party is he from? Well, it translates to like onwards or forwards. Uh, En marche, I think, is the French, uh, which he created for himself. So he was a minister in Francois Hollande's um, government. Then he left and said, I'm neither left nor right. I'm a centrist. Uh, And in French terms, he is a centrist. I think we would deem him to be more centre-right. In British terms but again you've got different dynamics so for example the stuff that Macron would say about Islam would be very controversial even for a conservative politician to say here but likewise in France the far-right are more pro-EU than your average centre-right candidate in Britain so you've got different Their their dynamics are different. So in 2017, it was Macron versus Le Pen of the National Front, is the translation, which of course sounds jolly, doesn't it? Uh, (laughs) Which is Marine Le Pen. He beat her by quite a substantial number in the second round. I think it was something like 66-33. And so that was the difference, because she represents the far right, and he represents the centre. So rather than the centre-left, the centre-right, it'd be the equivalent, I suppose, roughly... Again, as I said, they're different dynamics. but be the equivalent of the Liberal Democrats versus UKIP rather okay. than the Conservatives versus uh, Labour. So you asked me well, who are the candidates. Well, you've got 12 and you've got a huge array of people uh, in the running. So okay. Macron is running again and you've got Marine Le Pen running again as well for the National Front. For the centre-left party, you've got um, Anne Hidalgo, who is the mayor of Paris. For the centre-right party, you've got Valérie If Apologies to any French listeners about the pronunciations of some of these names. Uh, Valérie Pacrisi beats, interestingly, Michel Barnier, who is a name that some of you may know because he was the Brexit negotiator. Yes, he was, for the European Union. And uh, she beat him in the primaries. Interestingly, he ran on a Eurosceptic approach, which is very bizarre, based on how we have known him <laughs> in the British media. Yeah. Uh, she won... Um, the primary, so she's representing uh, them. Uh, She describes herself as, I believe, two-thirds Angela Merkel and one-third Margaret Thatcher. That's the dynamics she has. Imagine uh, Margaret Thatcher that's very pro-Eurozone, pro-EU, and that's Valerie Bacrisi. I mean, that could arguably be very early Margaret Thatcher. Early Margaret Thatcher, yes, who, of course, created the single market. Um, (laughs) And you've got Eric Zamore, who is a TV pundit who is to the right of Marine Le Pen and in a way him running has made her seem a lot more respectable because okay let's say that you had Nigel Farage running for yeah. a fictional title of president of the UK and then Tommy Robinson comes into the scene somehow now Nigel Farage seems a lot more palatable to the average electorate yes that is what's going on here I mean Eric Moore has said some very dodgy stuff so I suppose trigger warning to, to the listeners here um, he's said that uh, Muslim women shouldn't wear the hijab or or any covering because he wants to see their beautiful faces. That's right. him saying that. He's called D-Day a colonial invasion and that Britain and Nazi Germany were involved in some sort of pact to take over France and that France played no role in the Holocaust. None at all. Okay. Uh, he is Jewish, uh, by the way. He's called for something I think he calls re-immigration which is deporting everyone that isn't French, and he wants everybody to have a French name, which is interesting because his first name, Eric, is not French. Um, so a very controversial figure, and he is polling at about 10%, so he's, he's quite a substantial uh, candidate. He's not sort of niche like no. you would have perhaps hoped. Um, the main candidate on the left, though, isn't Paris Hidalgo, who I mentioned is actually... Sorry, Anne Hidalgo, who... Um, who is the centre-left candidate. The main left candidate is someone called um, Jean-Luc Mélenchon. He represents a sort of populist left party. Um, He's... A lot of the issues that Jeremy Corbyn had here follows Mélenchon, anti-Semitism. He's anti-NATO, which, of course, at the moment, with the war in Ukraine, is not um, particularly uh, No, I can imagine that's not a
1: great stance to be having right this time.
0: No, uh, he's quite to the left, but there are more people to the left than him. Uh, he's also said that the French presidential election is likely to... There's likely to be some rigging going on there. Mm. So a classic populist trope there. that like We see that Donald Trump or George Galloway in this country always claims there's some rigging going on.
1: So out of curiosity, which of
0: the current candidates would you say fall under the populist bracket? Oh, OK. Um, Le Pen and Zemmour, certainly on the right, because okay. although they're culturally right, they're economically nationalist... And interestingly, again, which makes French politics different to Britain, is that the French right are anti-American.
1: Okay. So
0: obviously here you've got like people like Nigel Farage are sort of American fanboys, you know. But that's because we're sort of anti-Europe, so Americans so are a exactly. place to turn. Whilst they don't like America, they don't like Americanization or um, any words that... Uh, the English entering their system. Sure. They also, interestingly, Le Pen and Zamor are anti-NATO as well, uh, okay. which is rare on the right in Britain, but in France it's quite popular. Um, so they're both populists. Mélenchon is definitely a populist as well. So the, the the three candidates to the left of Mélenchon are more traditional leftists, uh, either anti-capitalists or communists. In fact, uh, a former economics teacher, uh, Natalie. Ath- Athol. Apologies if i pronounced the name wrong. She actually has the hammer and the sickle on her leaflet. Oh, wow. Uh, so okay. like proper communist. Uh, you've got Fabien Rousseau and uh, Philippe Boutou. They are also communists. Of them, Rousseau is polling the best, about 4%, roughly 3%, 4%. The others are polling less than 1%. They're not really serious candidates. Um, so I didn't know if they would classify as populists. I think they're just more traditional leftists. I've mentioned most of the candidates now. Um, you've also got Jean Lacelle, he's an agrarian, but an agrarian leftist, very strong supporter of the yellow vest movement. Yeah. These are the people, for people that don't know, the vandalised chuck petrol bombs at people and... And could you explain to the
1: listeners what motivates the yellow jacket movement? It's
0: like, the fuel, I believe it's the fuel, um... Crisis. Crisis in. that fuels them. Um... France, of course, has another history of revolution and protests. They don't tend to like anyone in the establishment. This is uh, an ongoing thing in France. It existed before this sort of thing happened in the UK, and it's far bigger. So he's he's a sort of agrarian uh, leftist, and the other candidate is uh, Jadot. Uh, he is the Green Party candidate. So, okay. Um, uh, that translates to ecology party there. And then you have the only other one I haven't mentioned is the one which has the most difficult name to pronounce in French, which is like Nic- Nicolas dupont Uh I don't know if that's correct, but he represents the sort of Gaullist equivalent. He's on the right again. Ghoulist. Uh, Charles de Gaulle, who was the ah. um, president of France for a long time. I think he was the founding president of the current Fifth Republic. Like, very anti-Britain because, of course, he vetoed us joining the EU, or, well, the EU's predecessor, for many years. He is the ghoulist successor, but again he's polling two, three percent. Right. See, you said ghoulist, and I was thinking, ooh, ooh yeah ooh. <laughs> ghost. Yeah. Ghostess
1: candidate. Nice. So there are your twelve candidates. So with such a large pool of candidates, what sort of percentage does one of these candidates need to achieve, do you think, to get through to the next round and who's looking like they might reach that number?
0: Good question, Josh. Um, so really at the moment. I reckon you would only really need somewhere between 20 to 25% of the vote to get through, because it's it's you've got Macron and Le Pen nearer the top of the pile. It really looks at the moment. The election's only two days away from the time of recording. That they are the likely two to get through. It would be now probably an upset if they didn't. But earlier on in the campaign, it was a little bit more um, up in the air. Up in the air, yeah. So they're leading the way. Behind them, Mélenchon has had a huge rise in the polls. He was starting off at quite a middle position. He's now not too far behind them. He's polling at about 17, 18%.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Okay, so not that far off. Not far off, no. Um, Then you've got Zamor and Picrusi polling at about 10%. And then you've got uh, Jadora about 5%. And then all the rest are 1, 2, 3%. Not really any chance at all. Uh, Interestingly, in France, Unlike in Britain and the USA, where you have quite a strong leftist movement in the young, yeah, in France, although the, the young are more left-wing, it, the difference is is very small compared to the UK, where you, I think like 70 of people voted for Labour that were young, okay, and equivalent older people voted for. So the we have a larger generational gap. gap yes, right. there are still generational differences. Melanchthon is far more popular with the young than he is with the old. Interestingly, the the old, um stick more with the Republican, the centre-right party. Procresi's, um polling much better with the old. Uh, Macron, I believe, is polling the highest amongst all age groups. Um, but then who comes next is different. Zemmour is more popular with the old than he is with the young. But Le Pen has a, quite a substantial support from the young. Um, I think that she and Zemmour's rhetoric about what are the problems of France facing young people is actually resonating with a lot of people. And interestingly, although Le Pen's main focus is anti-Islam, anti-immigration, she's talking a lot about the cost of living crisis. Okay. So there's a lot of the economics. Because actually, if you look at Mélenchon, Le Pen, Zemmour, on the economics, there isn't really a lot that separates them. And in fact, I think I saw a poll done recently that showed that about a quarter of Mélenchon's voters would back Le Pen in the second round, which you would think... That's all because Macron's a centrist, the Putin's far right. Um, why would that be? But I suppose the economics, it's not just the one right.
1: dynamic. So to be clear, in French politics, once we've narrowed down the candidates to like our final two, yeah. then you get into this interesting situation where voters then have if their preferred candidates be knocked out, they reevaluate their preferences between these two dichotomies.
0: Very true, yeah, very true. So, obviously, last time in 2017, when you had a centrist with Macron and the far-right Le Pen, pretty much everybody to the left of Macron, which is roughly, I suppose, 40% of the French electorate, were going to vote for Macron. And then the centre-right candidates, uh, their support from the voters was mostly going to go to Macron as well, with a very small percentage going to Le Pen. But the difference is now is with Zamor. Zemmour's supporters are all probably going to go with Le Pen over Macron in the second round, but because he's running, Le Pen now seems a lot more tolerable to the centre-right vote base, who might be disappointed with Macron's handling of France over the last five years. So, in that sense. Le Pen has a stronger chance in the second round than last time because she's more tolerable. She's also moved her party more away from the far right so she's no longer advocating from leaving the Eurozone for example right. which she previously did. So she's she's mellowed down on the EU. Um, polling at the moment is indicating Le Pen might actually beat Macron in the second round which is troubling for the status quo. Macron represents the status quo. He's very pro-Europe. He's yeah. economically liberal everything will remain the same with him in charge, really, in terms of the European dynamics. Le Pen, of course, though, has, in the past, been notorious for her pro-Putin standpoint. standpoint. So if she gets in, that's quite troubling for Russia-Ukraine situation. She has condemned Russia, as has more for the invasion, and has, of course, distanced herself from Putin now, because the French population are more on Ukraine's side. Yes, But... She's really excelled in the polls recently. So
1: so do you think this says anything about where the French electorate's minds are? Are they not focused on Ukraine so much as they are the cost of living crisis, for example?
0: I think it must be the case. I think obviously some people are concerned about what's going on in Ukraine. But I think you're right. I think people are focusing more on the cost of living. There is a general feeling of anti-Islam in France. It's very strong. Of course, they have a secularisation programme, which is quite alien to us in Britain, where we try and accept and uh, all cultures and religions. Whilst mm. in France, they have a position of no... Just There should be no endorsement of anything. So you can't wear any religious symbol in public really? uh, and things like that. Okay. So... Um, there's a lot more hostility towards Islam in France than there is here, at least vocally. Um, So those sort of things are important. Of course, Le Pen's distanced herself from Putin, which will benefit her. Zamor has, but to a lesser extent, he's still advocating that France shouldn't accept Ukrainian refugees. What's Le Pen's position on Ukrainian refugees? Should accept Ukrainian refugees, as long as they're European. Aha. So... It's, Are there such things as non European Ukrainian well, refugees? Well, as we've seen, like in in Poland, which is welcoming of Ukrainian refugees, there has been a lot of discrimination against non-white Ukrainian refugees. Ah, okay. So I think Le Pen, I don't I wouldn't want to put words in her mouth, but I am assuming she would probably back that sort of standpoint based on her past advocacies of parties like the Law and Justice Party which is leading in in Poland. Right. So it's, it, it's troubling for the status quo. Is it troubling for the EU? Yes, Le Pen is not a fan of the EU. But for these Brexit uh, enthusiasts over here, France is not leaving the European Union anytime soon. Le Pen is not going to suggest that. But of course, France also has a different system, as we've mentioned with the president. They have a semi-presidential system where they have legislative elections, so their parliament, in June. And it's possible that a different party is the biggest, has the biggest majority in the parliament than the president, which really does slow things down. At the yeah. moment, the parliament is also dominated by Macron's new party that was founded to back him. Yeah. Um, but it's possible that his party could continue in the parliament, and um, Le Pen wins the presidency. That is possible.
1: So in the European. Oh, do you mean the European Parliament or the French Parliament? The French Parliament, right, Right, yes. of course. And
0: they're more responsible for domestic issues, and the President's more responsible for foreign affairs, generally speaking.
1: Okay, so Felix, what do you think would happen if Marine Le Pen won? Like, what does that mean for France? What does that mean for the wider
0: world in general? Yeah, what does this tell us? Okay, so Le Pen is is this classic populist, Eurosceptic politician, uh, and things would change if she became president. Quite serious things would, would alter. It would probably be not very safe for the Muslim population in France. She's not advocating to deport them like Zamor is, but there is certainly a sentiment behind a lot of her supporters for that. Um, so whether or not she can remain distant to them to ensure that she gets voted in again by right. more moderate people I, or not, I don't know. As I mentioned, France is not going to be leaving the, um the EU, but she's certainly going to oppose things like the European Army and further integration which is certainly on the cards. The EU are looking towards the United States of Europe at some point in the future but that's not going to happen with, uh, with Le Pen as president at least not from the French perspective. In terms of for Britain, I'm not really sure. Uh, she's very sympathetic to Brexit so that might benefit Britain in that sense, but looking at things like free trade That's a lot of Eurosceptics, at least in Parliament in the UK, advocate to leave the European markets to open up to markets across the world. That's not what Le Pen wants. She wants everything to be made in France. So in terms of that, I'm not sure her position on climate. I'm not sure. So don't take this um, completely seriously. But I'm going to assume that she's a bit of a sceptic on climate. As with lots of people, people on the of right. her of yeah. her dynamic, so in terms of fighting global warming, that's a problem as well. I think the biggest problem is Russia-Ukraine. Yes, she's condemned Putin, but the fact that she was very pally with him. In fact, early leaflets that she had to get destroyed showed her shaking his hand. It,
1: it, and the fact that they thought this could potentially win them votes in vote. France because it was on their publicity. So
0: yeah, so I think that. If you were President Zelensky, mm. you would be worried about a Le Pen victory. I think for the EU establishment, for the British establishment, and the American establishment, they're all hoping Macron will win against Le Pen. Um, we've obviously see in the EU you've got Orbán in um, Hungary, you've got Law and Justice in Poland. You've got an Italian government, which is also quite hostile to the European Union. You have France, which, of course, is the second largest economy in the EU after Germany, also advocating a more Eurosceptic position that is worrying for the future of the EU, but also arguably for geopolitical reasons. That's troubling if you don't have a united Europe. Uh, Again, NATO, I haven't even addressed NATO. She's anti-NATO. If France leaves NATO at a time where Russia is invading another state... That is, again, troubling for the future security of the West. Um, do I think Le Pen is going to win? It's very difficult because to know, because she's now ahead. Macron has referenced, actually, in his campaign rallies, turn up to vote because this could be like Brexit yes. in France. France is Eurosceptic as a, as a country. There's a difference between being Eurosceptic and wanting to leave. Uh, and, of mm. course, they've witnessed Brexit happening Uh, they know that it's difficult process doesn't mean that doesn't necessarily mean they've been put off but they know it's difficult and yeah so it could be like it could be like brexit that's what macron has warned le pen could squeeze through again like as i said at the beginning of this podcast france has a habit of kicking out their presidents now macron has had a troubled ride covid vaccines as well france has a a minority, but perhaps a substantial minority that are anti-vax. Yeah, he's been very pro-vaccine. That is going to annoy some people, but maybe he can afford to annoy those people because they're not going to vote for him anyway. Mm. That's the thing. But will Le Pen do it? I'm going to say I think Macron is the favourite, okay. but we should not be confident in his victory, unlike where we might have been earlier on. It's surprising. I was I would have suspected the Russia-Ukraine crisis would have um, made Le Pen go down in the polls, but as you mentioned earlier about the cost of living, that is a, that is what's on the French people's minds. And Le Pen gets a lot of her support from the poorer areas of France, who want to see things made in France again. They want their bills to be low. The anti the elite, which is capitalists, but also the European Union. Um, with the more, there's an added bonus of certain ethnic minorities that might be behind things. I mean, him being a Jew means that it's not the Jews that are responsible, unlike what we might see in Orbán, who in his victory speech mentioned George Soros and Zelensky as enemies of Hungary, both of which are Jewish. Um, But there's always someone to blame, isn't Mm. there? And clearly the situation in France is so poor for the disadvantaged in society that although they are sympathetic towards Ukraine. And polls, I think I saw a poll, I'm afraid I can't cite my source, but that only showed like 3%, which was sympathetic towards Russia, which is a lot smaller than the support that candidates are getting that are sympathetic towards Russia. Um, But I think Le Pen will not win. But look, the future is so hard. Would I have said that Brexit was going to win? No. Did I think Trump was going to win? No.
1: Yeah, dangerous game to play for context we are recording this on friday so we don't know and i'm making felix very uncomfortable by asking him
0: <laughs> why wow, it's a good it's a good question josh it's a good question but um french politics is very unstable i think this is perhaps a thing to finish <laughs> on it's very unstable its democratic processes are entrenched enough that hopefully le pen who is a populist won't be able to undo certain um facilitate uh, liberal practices independent judiciary media etc that unlike in Hungary and Poland which Where has Viktor s-
1: Orbán has been very successful at stripping away the liberal institutions of the state and making it easier for him to win re-election under more I don't know illiberal yeah
0: well he also calls himself the liberal democrat i mm. think the best way to say is free but not fair elections free but not fair yeah um I think that France is too consolidated as a democracy for Le Pen to be able to do that in the same way that Hungary has. I mean, you just have to look at Italy, which has had a right-wing populists in charge since 2018, and they haven't been able to to do anything, despite some... The former Deputy Prime Minister Salvini, I think he's the former Deputy Prime Minister now, um, maybe he's still the current Deputy Prime Minister, I don't know, he was at one point at least. He tweeted an endorsement of the execution of a judge in Italy. Uh, so you've got the oh, rhetoric, okay. but you haven't got, luckily, the matching um, response. Yeah. I think I think France is too secure in that way, but Le Pen is, being in office, is, we're harking to, like, nationalism. people that self-describe as nationalists as well. Okay. Um, obviously, Europe's got a history of nationalism, and she's not a fascist, but... You don't want to get too close to the uh, no to the not line this.: No. Uh, and again, that like she's mod- modernized her party, made it a bit more tolerable because her father used to run it before her, um, and it was more to the right then. Um, she's moved it, but that doesn't mean that's what she believes. That's, that's the concern. Okay. Right.
1: Well, I don't know whether to be scared or curiously following the news from now on. <laughs> be interesting.
0: Well, Sunday, we shall know who gets through to the second round. And every, if, if it is Macron versus Le Pen, there will be so much movement against Le Pen in all fields of French life mm. that it will be very difficult for her to win. But you know, the One establishment didn't like Brexit, did they? So They did not. We shall see what happens. Well, thank you, Felix, for talking to me all about this. I know a lot more about French politics now than I did before. So, Thank you, Josh, for asking me questions. It's always a good opportunity to talk about something that uh, hopefully more people now find interesting. Mm. And I, all I can say is tune in on Sunday for the French presidential elections. I will be doing that. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Felix.